And we are back, Devils on the Rush, episode 16. We've got the fisherman here with Alex, a.k.a. Alejandro. Big week for the Devils. Three games, three wins. Wednesday night was merely a misting from the hurricane down in Carolina. Started the road trip off well. Then we went duck hunting on Friday and down the Anaheim Ducks. And then on Saturday night, the Kings had as much luck as King Louis did in 1793. Devils are on a hot streak, three road games, three wins. Alex, what would you see? I saw some pretty good hockey for the most part. Um, You know, obviously we're going to get into all the games here, but uh, they didn't play their best at times, but they still found ways to win. It's a sign of a good team. So, um, yeah, it's been a while since we've had a podcast episode where we're just talking about only wins. Yeah, it's it's, um, back to the good old days of that 13-game winning streak. No, I mean, I think the Devils have definitely turned it around. They figured it out. Um, albeit they've always figured it out on the road. But, you know, the, the past two weeks you've had some real season-defining games. Uh, you know, we got into it on last week's pod, what that Rangers game could do for them. Well, they followed up with another comeback victory against the top team in the Metro Division in the Hurricanes. Um, I, I would say they didn't they didn't outplay the Hurricanes by any stretch of the me- means, but they definitely capitalized on their opportunities and were benefit of some – pretty poor goaltending uh, from the Hurricanes themselves. But listen, it, it, that goes both ways, and the Devils have had those issues. So kudos to them for for digging deep and, and coming back in that one. Yeah, they definitely got outplayed by the Hurricanes, especially through the first two periods of that game. It was pretty much all Carolina at 5-on-5. Five five. Um, but yeah, like you said, Kochetkov had a really, really bad game. Um, you know, the first goal probably should have been a sign when Siegenthaler just kind of threw it out of his pad and it snuck in. Um, that was that's not a shot that should have found the. And that should have that should have only been his uh, first goal of this week. But uh, we can get into that in the Kings yeah, game. Yeah, we we will talk about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, he threw the puck just at his pad. It kind of snuck in there, and then. After that, the Devils did get outplayed. They gave the power play was terrible against Carolina. They gave up two. I think CJ. I think CJ said it perfectly. And this is this was the power play right before they gave up the second shorty. Uh, I think he says, "Oh no, the Devils have to kill off another power play." Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, I think after the second shorty, I think that that was he tweeted that. Um, yeah, that was a pretty brutal effort from their power play, but they found a way to get back in it and really in the last minute of the second period Dawson Mercer and Jesper Boquist went to work and listen uh, and we've talked about this before the the first two minutes and the last two minutes of a period could really change the momentum of a game and listen they capitalized real quick beautiful give and go um for Jesper Boquist goal and then an an unbelievable somewhat lucky individual effort from Dawson Mercer on on the one to 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 bring him to three two yeah you know, Mercer just got to work on the forecheck on that. And then, yeah, Boquist kind of like a little slick deke, put it right through the five hole of Coach Etkoff, which Mercer did on the goal that made it 3-2 as well. Boquist shows those flashes, right? He, You know, sometimes he just has these random moments of brilliance and you're like, wow, why can't we do this all the time? But listen, yeah, he, I guess I guess we'll, we'll wait for the consistency. 
Yeah, he clearly has the skill. I mean, we'll talk about it in the Ducks game too, but his breakaway goal just sniped it past uh, John Gibson too. So like he clearly has the Gibson skill. Gibson didn't even move. I mean, he handcuffed him on that one. Yeah, and so like you definitely want to see Bocas do that more often if you can. But um, he played really – him and Dawson Mercer have kind of had a thing together whenever they played together on a line this season. The just- most unassuming line and, uh, and by all accounts was put together on accident, but seems yeah. to be rolling this week. Yeah, Ruff even said he did it by accident um, after the Carolina game. Uh, he's like, oh, I just that kind of happened by accident. I didn't mean to do it. And then he stuck with it. And, uh, you know, those two goals by Bocas and Mercer at the end of the second period changed the way the game went. Because in the third period, it was all devils. They had like 80% of the expected goals. Well, um, yeah. I locked it, it down. Yeah, I completely agree, too. I mean, even just from a visual standpoint, you know, you thought something was brewing after those two quick ones to tie it up going into the third. But as soon as the Devils came out in the third, there was there was no looking back. They 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 seemed to have figured it out. And it was it was full steam ahead for the win. Yeah, Carolina generated absolutely nothing in the third period. And then Mercer had that incredible goal. Uh as Kevin Weeks would say, a Picasso. Yeah, that's perfect way of putting it. And even though I think there was, um, there should have been like the play should have been whistled dead for a high stick. I think in the neutral zone, but you can't challenge that because it was in the neutral zone. Dave Jackson, the ESPN's uh, rules analyst, was saying that on uh, the broadcast. But like, was hey, that Holla? Was that Holla who? Hit I don't know it who high Holla or Wood. Maybe it was Wood. Someone. Yeah, I don't remember who high sticked it down. But I mean, whatever. The Devils have had some unlucky breaks with officiating this season, so it's kind of. Good to see one go their way. And then, yeah, once Mercer put that in, that was game over because the Devils at that point really didn't allow anything from Carolina. Yeah, and you know what? A little sidetrack before we get into the Anaheim game. I was listening to 32 Thoughts, uh, the most recent one, and Frege was arguing that the goal that got disallowed, uh, Sugar. Oh, yeah, I, I was listening to that in the Toronto Ooh. game. Yeah, and he was saying, well, he he didn't have the he he was trying to kick it to his stick. Yeah, he wasn't kicking it into the goal. Well, Frege, you argued against the same thing with Eric Halla in the Toronto game. Halla was not kicking it in the net; he was yeah, kicking it to it his just, stick. It was the same exact thing. It was exactly the um, same thing in two different opinions. So you know what? Kind of public shame you for that one, big boy. <laughs> Should have put him in Devil's Dungeon this week. Oh, listen, we're not. We're, this episode's not over just yet. <laughs> Friedman, enjoy Devil's Dungeon for Friedman this week. Um, Friedman, yeah. and don't worry, I have a devil for there, and I think we might have the same one. Um, yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean that was the same thing. Like, uh, it was Bobby McCann. He was like, he's kind of like one of those feel-good stories for the Leafs. It was like his first career goal. It was the same thing, like he kicked the puck in, but it went off someone else and back in the net. It was the same exact thing as the hollow goal in uh, the Toronto game. And yeah, Freach kind of had two different opinions on that one. Okay, sorry. Now we can go back to Anaheim. Oh, unless you have anything else on no, the, the Canes game. Listen, Canes yeah. game was um, it was different than the Rangers game, even though they still came back from two. I think the Rangers game, we actually played really good hockey. Yeah, they played and, better than the Rangers. The yeah, game. and I think we deserved to win that game. Definitely didn't deserve to win the Canes game, but you know what? Um, there's going to be games where you get outplayed, but you capitalize on your opportunities, and, and you get the two points, and you get the hell out of there. Um, yeah, so an which we'll talk about, about one of the games coming up here, too. The, you know, the Los Angeles game was kind of like the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's let's get into the Ducks game. Uh, I don't know if we have to spend <laughs> that much time on it. This game uh, this was another edition of Devils After Dark. Um, they uh, this was a pure 
bulldozing from start to finish. Uh, yeah. I think the Ducks maybe creeped in some momentum here or there after a goal, but the Devils answered right away with another one, consistently keeping it either a three or four goal lead uh, for the most of the game. Um, another outstanding performance from Jesper and Jack uh, and Dougie. Not much else to be said. The Stars showed up, and that, that was a wrap on this one. Yeah, there's not really too much to talk about in this one. I mean, it was 3 nothing, and the Ducks did get some momentum after they made it 4-1 off the turnover from Eric Halla, um, but Vanacek came up with some good saves, and then the Devils put the thing away. In the- Halla was watching too much Jack Hughes tape on that giveaway. Yeah, that's not his thing. We're, we're going to get into that, I think, at some point here, with Halla keeping, continuing to play alongside Jack Hughes, but... Um, or lack thereof. I mean, you know, that Kings game. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. It, it like lasted a shift, I think. It was the first period after, and then it was done after the first period in the Kings game. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the Ducks, we've seen the Coyotes and the Blackhawks play, and I think the Ducks are like significantly worse than either of the Coyotes. I mean, there was, the I was texting some buddies. Uh, I was like, there's just no life in this team. They just yeah, don't they look care. Like they're, they're out. Yeah. Yeah, they just don't care, and it's it's pretty early in the season to be this checked out. I mean, listen, we've seen some Devils teams check out, but I think the Devils at least give it a go until the All Star break. Um, th- this is yeah, the this Ducks is are sad. bad. They, they could use, they definitely could use Connor Bedard or Fantilli. There's no question about that. But yeah, but at this like, point, I don't even feel like they deserve them. But they should. Well, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, probably no team deserves it, but they could definitely. They definitely need him. That's for sure. Uh, the thing with the Ducks too is like obviously Dallas Aikens is he's not he's not it. They're gonna get rid. Oh, of he's him. a dead man walking. He's just a yeah. placeholder right now. They yeah, they've clearly don't listen to a damn thing he says. Yeah, he's a placeholder just until they secure their spot in the lottery, and then you know after that, see you later probably. Because like if you look at the Ducks roster. It shouldn't be that bad. Like Zegris is good, Troy Terry is good, Henrique is still a decent player, Silverberg is kind of decent. Their blue line well, is awful. Well, Troy Troy Terry hasn't scored in 13, 14 games now. Um, um yeah, something like that, but still a pretty good player. Um, yeah, he's that he was he's their all-star for this year. So yeah, Mason McTavish looked like he's gonna be a pretty decent player too. Like they have some talent. They shouldn't be this bad. Um so yeah, definitely coaching an issue there. And the devils made easy work of them. Now, do you see any pieces that could come our way uh, from a team like the Ducks? Because they'll obviously be sellers at the deadline. Yeah, I mean, I think I've even already seen it from some Devils fans on Twitter. Adam Henrique, obviously, he's got, I think, next year is the final year of his contract. Um, His cap hits a little high, so the Ducks would have to retain. But, like, if, you know, if the Devils want a bit of, um, you know, I guess scoring depth in their middle six, Henrique is still a pretty good player. Um can either play left wing or center, obviously. Uh, he probably would help the power play, too, a little bit. He did score one of the Ducks' goals in that game, too. So He's got 13 um, on the year. That's decent pace. Yeah, he's a good finisher. He's like a career 15% shooter. So, uh, you know, if the Devils don't go, like, for, like, a home run swing for, like, a Timo Meyer or something like that. What, what do you see? What do you think an Adam, the likes of an Adam Henrique would cost? Uh, probably, like, you know, a second. Uh, round pick kind of like a B prospect maybe a little more because if the Ducks retain like a significant portion of salary that always increases the value a little bit and the Devils are tight on cap space at least for this season so they will need uh, Anaheim to retain a little bit but yeah I mean they're obviously going to be sellers there's no doubt about that and I think from that roster you know Henrik is probably the one that makes the most sense for the Devils 
Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe I'm reading too much into things, but I did watch the six-minute interview Sam Kassan did with Adam Henrique that was posted on the Devils app. Uh, I saw part of it. I didn't see the whole thing. He, you know, listen, it sounds like he wouldn't mind coming back to Jersey. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. uh, yeah, so he, he had nothing but great things to say about the team, the organization, the state. Uh, so it almost, you know, maybe I'm just a little too optimistic here, but it almost seemed like a plea to come save him from the Ducks. Yeah, I'm sure he would do anything to get out of there. You know, he's not he's not a spring chicken anymore. He's what he's got to be in his early 30s at this point, right? Come, come back to Jersey for one more cup run, baby. Yeah, and you know there are like hockey reasons to make the trade, not just nostalgia too for Henrik. Like he would actually help the roster. Great so. veteran presence, tough, you know, just tough on defense. He's a great two-way player. Yeah, and uh, you know I don't know what's going to happen with Eric Halla after the season since he's a free agent. Uh, like Henrik could be. He's a- almost like a um, a better version of Halla. Yeah, better finisher, better finisher but, than Halla, but yeah, brings the same aspects. Yeah, you see the thing with Halla is like. He's not like a career three percent shooter. He's had some brutal shooting luck this season, and you saw in that game against was it the no that was in the Kings game. I guess we'll get into it then. But the goal he had in the Kings game was like, hey, he can do this. So well, um, maybe he will now with the lineup changes. Yeah, well, I'm interested to see what the lines look like when the Sharks game goes today. So yeah, I mean, I, I as far as the Ducks game, I, there's nothing more to say. That the Devils just crushed them. So I think that, and you touched on it earlier, but shout out to Boquist. You know, kept another, yeah. got another goal, another sweet goal. It was a two-point game for him as well, wasn't it? The Ducks game, yeah. I think he had an assist as well. Uh, let me confirm that. But he did have an effort. Yeah, I mean, Mercer and him set up the Ducky goal. Yeah. So um, that's that's two games in a row, uh, multi-point games uh, for Jesper Boquist. And Dawson seems to be hitting his stride as well now too. So, listen, it seems to be a little bit of a the makeshift depth line. Is coming back. Yeah, sure. I mean, we talked about it last week. We needed the depth scoring. Um, so it's, 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 it's great to see and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully keep it going, you know, this week, but listen, all things are positive now, um, now that we're getting that depth scoring, but it's been a nice mixture of the depth scoring and the, and the, and the top stars. And when you get that mixture together, they're pretty unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, we, we'll see it in, well, I guess this, that's a good segue to talk about the Kings game because that was all depth scoring there. It's, you know, Jack and Nico found the score sheet, but they didn't They didn't have the goals in that game. Uh, it was, uh, I mean, Brat did have a goal, but it was an empty netter. All the hard work had gotten done by that point. So, uh, yeah, the Kings game, uh, you know, pretty similar to the Hurricanes game. The Devils, the second half of a back-to-back, so it's kind of tough. But the Devils definitely got outplayed by the Kings there, and uh, thankfully Jonathan Quick helped them out with some freebies. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was very similar to the Cur- Hurricanes game where they did get a couple freebies, but I feel like they deserved it after how many games they got goalied yeah, uh, in that, that losing streak. Uh, you know, it was great to see finally Tatar finish a goal from the slot. I mean, I can't tell you how many games of bang in my head he's had where he's just been in the slot and Jack just gives him, you know, something on a silver platter and it just gets gloved. Yeah. Uh, so it was good to see Tatar. Obviously, the hollow goal we touched on, that was good to see. The one thing that was a little um, discouraging in this game is how many dumb penalties they took. Um, you know, I Miles I, Wood. Yeah, I was live tweeting that game, and you know, one of the takeaways I had was just stay out of the box because the Kings' power play looked 
lethal. They yeah. there was not a power play where I thought the Devils did a good job killing, even though they did kill off two of four. Um, I thought every power play was a momentum uh, shifter for the Kings in a positive way. Yeah, Adrian Kempe was doing some work on the power play, and then obviously Fiala is always. Well, I mean, I think they should have had three because the the one it, it just jumped over his stick in a wide open net. Um. Yeah. Was that Matt Roy? Um, yeah, I think so. One of them, but there were there was a wide open net on one of the power plays that they well, no, killed uh, off. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was an open net. It was. Yeah, it wasn't Matt Roy. Yeah, cross yeah, cross ice pass. I think Fiala made the pass and it hopped over. Yeah, the, it hopped over Velarde's stick. I think. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So it was. Um, you know, when you when you come up against some of these teams, I mean, some of these teams rely on their power play to just get them goals. I mean, historically, we've seen how power plays, a good power play just be in the 20%, and that's what the Devils have now, and they're like 20th in the league. You're, you're really seeing teams step up their power play, um, play. You know, even look at the Oilers. They're north of 30. I think they're 31, 32%. Like, when we play against these types of teams, you've got to be smarter and stay out of the box. Yeah, you have to stay disciplined, that's for sure. Um yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy that that was last season, like a 20% power play would have had them like top 15. So teams have definitely, it's kind of an interesting thing to look at if you're just looking at NHL stuff, how the power plays this year are just scoring basically at will. So, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, look at the oil. I mean, if you have 80 points in 30 games, like, yeah, you better be scoring some power play points there. Yeah, yeah no, McDavid's obviously a huge driver of that power play. And, uh, as well as dry side. If I remember right, the Devils actually did a pretty good job on the Oilers power play earlier this season. But um, They did do a great job, and I think one of the only ones they gave up is when they threw VTech into the deep end uh, when they yanked Blackwood. Or yeah, no, when Blackwood got, got hurt. hurt. But, yeah, yeah, Blackwood got hurt, and VTech, like his first shot of the game was like Leon Dreisaitl, yeah. like on the doorstep there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, they have to stay more disciplined. Miles Wood, obviously, he's been taking some really careless penalties in general, like not just in the Kings game, just – Lately? Just dumb penalties. Just like yeah. you're like a hundred feet from the net. Like there's no yeah. need for that. He's just. It feels like he's going always going at like 125 miles per hour. Like sometimes he just needs. But to, his brain's going at 50 miles per hour. It's just like. Yeah, he's got to. We'll talk about it a little bit too because I thought in the Kings game, I thought he played really bad and you know with Baston coming back maybe today against the Sharks. If not, it's. It could be the Kraken game on Thursday. I don't think I, I don't think he's guaranteed. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think he sits. I don't think he sits against the Sharks because the Sharks are a bigger team. Uh, and I think yeah. uh, I think Lindy goes jumbo. I think uh, he might even. I, I don't know who he sits, but maybe Nolan Foot. Yeah, but Nolan's big boy too, right? Like, do you, yeah. Do you, I mean, you do can't you, sit Boquist right now because Boquist is playing some of the best hockey of his season. I know, and you don't want to sit Dawson because he's a game changer. So, yeah, I, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, but he's been playing poorly, and he needs to get it together. I mean, I wrote it about wrote about it in my takeaways for the the Kings game. His expected goals percentage of like thirty nine point one percent is like the war, um, second worst on the team to McLeod over the last month. So, like, his spot in the lineup should not be guaranteed. And the thing with McLeod is, is you don't expect McLeod to generate points. Like, we don't – I at least I don't, getting, right? And he's still getting points. McLeod. And he's getting points, right? That's, a, that's what I'm saying. Like, would – you know, you're paying him three and a half a year. You expect him to be a bottom six point – you're paying him what you would expect to pay a bottom six – forward that generates points and he's not doing that right now he's he's still getting the breakaways but he's not finishing any of them um he's a turnover machine 
both in every zone. It's either the neutral, the defensive offense. He's a liability on the ice right now. And the penalties he's taking are just inexcusable. Yeah, that Kings game was really, I thought, one of his worst. Like, he's not been playing well lately, but I thought it was one of his worst outings of the season. So, something to keep an eye on here when Bastion returns, if he's going to... I don't think... I would be surprised if Lindy sat him right away, because I think he's going to try to go back to BMW line to see if it can kind of get Miles going again, which I actually don't disagree. Like, I don't have a problem with that. If it gets them going, then whatever. But Yeah, and then what you, you would put Hala in between Boquist and Hughes? Yeah. Uh, I'm not Hughes, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Mercer, yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be a pretty good third line. You have Boquist, Hala, and Mercer as your third line. I'd probably work out pretty well. I think they all complement each other pretty well. I mean, so, yeah, Hala is essentially the same player as McLeod at this point, so maybe a little bit more talent, so why not? No, Hala is definitely a better player than McLeod, no doubt about that. So, um, yeah, I think that'd be a pretty effective third line. So we'll see when Lind- – I guess Lindy will be – I don't know when you guys will listen to this. It may have already happened today, but we'll see when the Sharks game of what the lineup looks like. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kings game, basically the same thing as the Carolina game. Devils got outplayed, but some really bad goaltending from Jonathan Quick. They capitalized. But they did, they did step up physically, though. They did out-hit the Kings, which was nice to see. Yeah, uh, at the same time, too, so like they had none of the puck, which was a little concerning. <laughs> but it was also like the second half of a back-to-back, so I'm not really going to put it against them. And the Kings are a pretty good 5-on-5 team. Uh, like It's not like they were playing some scrubs like the Kings have been a top 10 team in possession this year so um but they found a way to win and you know that's what matters at the end that's it's like the hurricanes game good teams find ways to win games that they probably shouldn't win and the devils did that twice this past week yeah no i agree with you i think though even in the third period when they were up four two uh for most of it I didn't feel like the, the like the Kings definitely controlled the pace of play and the puck control but at least to me I mean Blackwood made one or two saves above expected I thought but I thought you know most of their opportunities were kept to the outside and you know they were just playing a good smart game to close it out yeah there was obviously there was the Fiala breakaway and then the the penalty shot that Blackwood stopped in the third that was probably his toughest save there was also the shorthanded save uh save he made when uh, I I don't remember I think like Dougie and like Jack kind of flubbed the puck a little yeah. bit in the neutral zone and um, the Kings had, a, I think it was Anderson Dolan who had a really good chance, shorthanded, and Blackwood made a, a good stop. We should probably talk about Blackwood a little bit that game because, you know, first start in two weeks, you know, that's kind of tough for a goal. I, I thought he played really well. Thought he yeah, played he, was, really he well. was great. He was really, really good. Uh, so credit where credit's, uh, you know, due. He played really well that game, 35 saves on 37 shots. He stopped, I think, like a goal and a half above expected for the game, like you said before. Um, you know, I think that it's pretty obvious that the Devils are – you know, comfortable with Vanacek is like their number one, not even really a 1A at this point. So Black was not going to play that often, but when he does play, they're going to need him to play, you know, like he did against the Kings, give him some good starts here and there. And, you know, since he's come back from his injury, it's been a mixed bag. He's had a couple of terrible starts, but he's also had some pretty good ones as well. You know, the Carolina game at home on New Year's Day, even though he gave up four goals, he faced a ton of shots and he made some good saves. He was obviously really good against uh, the Kings. So if he can give that, to them, you know, from here and there, I'd go a long way in uh, kind of helping the Devils just cement their place in the Metropolitan Division as the stretch run gets closer here. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, credit to Lindy, because I think both of us were under the assumption that Blackwood would get the start on Friday and yep. VTech would be in for the Kings game uh, as the Kings were the tougher of the two opponents. But I guess he wanted to give uh, VTech the game on Friday and see how 
you know, Blackwood did against a, some stiff competition and credit to him. You said it, he stepped up, he played well. He was the reason that game didn't, wasn't close in the second and third period. Um, and, you know, he was clearly the difference against quick. So, uh, you know, credit to him and hopefully he can build on this game and build some momentum and put, put a couple wins together. And it's not this Blackwood roller coaster that we've been used to for the past couple of years. Yeah, that's the thing with him. It's um, like Todd Cordell says, thing like his only consistency is inconsistency. So we really need some more consistency from Blackwood. I don't know what his long-term future holds in New Jersey. I'd be kind of surprised if he was with the team next season. But at least for the rest of this season, they need some more consistency from him. So if he can do what he did against the Kings and even that Hurricanes game on New Year's Day more often, that'd be uh, that'd definitely help Vanacek out. They could they can ease Vanacek's workload. They don't have to overwork him, which will be important. Uh this team's obviously in the playoffs, which right now they have pretty good odds of making it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, should we get into your favorite section of the week? Yes, let's do it. All right, uh, now we will hop right into Stab Tech. All right, Alex, what do you got for us? Yeah, so this week, um, going with some stuff on Yegor Sharangovich. I didn't want to mention him too much in the recaps of the game because I wanted to save it for Stat Attack. Um, but he played well. Uh, in those two games against the Ducks and the Kings. Uh, and that's when he got moved up. So in the uh, Ducks game, he got moved up to a line with Hughes and Tatar after Halla gave up that, uh, had that bad turnover and the Ducks scored on it. And then in the Kings game, he played the second and third periods alongside Nico Heischer and Jesper Bratt and had two assists, both of them primary assists. And then in the Ducks game, if I remember right, he also had the primary assist on Hughes' goal that made it 6-2. Um, so what I want to do here is talk about how he's played with Hughes and he sure because I think there's a good case and hopefully Lindy sticks with this to, to keep Sharon Govich in the top six. Uh, so this season with Jack Hughes, uh, Sharon Govich has played about 133 minutes and their numbers together are really, really good. They have a Corsi percentage of 61.3% and then an expected goals percentage of 60.2%. Um, yeah, obviously he finished the Kings game with Heischer, but uh, their sample, granted it's only 34 minutes, is not great. Corsi percentage of 36%, and then uh, 36.6%, and expected goals percentage of 35, 34.5%. Like I said, 34 minutes sample size, so it's not that much that can change. Um, but I think Lindy, if he's going to you know, move down to uh, Halla into a third-line center role and then put Sharon Govich in the top six. It should be with Jack and not Nico. Um, I actually have no problem with a Jack, a Tatar, Jaeger, Sharon Govich second line. I think that'd be really good. And they, they did look good in their small sample together against the ducks. Um, yeah. I think for a few shifts in the third period. So got that you know, nice goal, I got that nice goal out of it with the uh, steal from Sharon Govich in the dish to Jack. Yep, exactly. He made a nice play to strip, I think, Shattenkirk of the puck, maybe. Um, and then uh, threw a really nice pass towards the net front for Jack, and he just put it through the five hole of uh, Gibson. So, yeah, we can see what Sharon Govich does when he gets top six minutes. He plays pretty well. And it, I've kind of been saying this for a few weeks here, that they've been miscasting Sharon Govich and Mercer in their minutes. They're just kind of not getting the best out of him. So now Mercer seems to be coming alive with Boquist again because those two have played really well this season, but now you need to get Sharon Govich going. And if these last two games were any indication, it's that Sharon Govich plays well when he's in the top six, preferably with Jack Hughes. But um, yeah, based on the two sample sizes, and I know there's pretty big difference between the two of them, I hope Ruff 
keeps Sharon Govich with Jack going forward. And we've seen in the past the two of them uh, that have done really well in the, over the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, that's my stat this week. Little, it's a pretty deep one for sure. But uh, Sharon Govich should be in the top six with Jack moving forward. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, he's got three points in his last two games, so yeah. let, let the kid play. Yeah, um, and, and need to get that shot with, going. Need to get that's that what shot I was just going. Say. Yeah, if you put him with Jack, Jack is going to get him in shooting uh, areas. Um, and like, well, he has a very good knack of. Uh, I remember this from last season. Very good knack at finding the shooting lanes, uh, especially in the slot when Jack when he's on the when he's on the same line as Jack. Yeah, he just needs people to get him the puck. Like he's played a lot of minutes with um, Boquist and Alexander Holtz this season, but like that, those are not two players that are going to get him the puck. Um, he did look good in some minutes with Boquist and Dawson Mercer this season, but like Ruff didn't really use that line enough. Um, and I think you know as, the Devils don't really have a finishing issue. They went through like some bad goalieing luck, but as we've seen over the last you know couple of weeks, they're they're finding the back of the net pretty often, but. Sharon Govich is one of their better finishers, and if you can get him going, um, get him in spots to use that shot of his, which they really haven't done a good job of leveraging his shot this season, that would be huge. So hopefully he sticks with – I don't have a problem with him playing with Heischer and Brat because that line did play well last season. But if you look at the overall sample sizes with him, uh, with Jack Hughes, the he produces way better with him. So hopefully Ruff makes that switch and keeps him with Jack and Tatar. I think that would be a really effective second line. And then that could allow Lindy to keep the Palat Heischer Brat line together, which has played really well this season too. Yeah, Palat got his first point last game, and I think uh, he, he's coming. He's coming. He's made some great plays on the floor check. Uh, I think he should, you know, definitely get the praise for that in the Kings game, especially towards the end of the game. Uh, that line was great at keeping the Kings hemmed in. <laughs> Um, not so much just controlling possession, but just on the four check. I think they did a great job with Palat. Um, but Alex, you make a fantastic point about Sharon Govich. Um, he seems to be starting to get some of the assists now. If we can get that shot going, it, that's that's a dangerous, dangerous thing to get going. Yeah, and um, you know he's not shooting the puck that much recently, but I think it has a bit to do with his line mates because he's just not. Um, the before these two games, he hadn't had linemates that could leverage his shot and get it into places he can. So, you know, hopefully Ruff realizes that. I'm kind of still expecting the Hall to start the Sharks game on the Hughes line because Ruff keeps even the last. Because Ruff stubborn is that? Yeah, he's been stubborn. He's just even though he's broken up Hall and Hughes, I think over the last three games he keeps starting games with them. So. Um, we'll see what happens, but definitely need sh- to get Sharon Govich in better spots to leverage his shot because then that really – you wouldn't have to worry about finishing issues moving forward. Sharon Govich can shoot the puck. Definitely, definitely. Um, all right, my my stat of the week is actually kind of simple, but I think it's an important point to talk on. Uh, the Devils have scored a power play goal in five of the last six games. We touched on this last pod. It seems that it's starting to gain some traction um, outside of the Hurricanes game. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought the power play has been great. Uh, they've been getting – it's been changing the momentum. They've been getting fantastic opportunities. It really got them going in the Kings game, I thought. I thought, um, you know, without that power play goal uh, from Tatar, the, the Devils got really 
crushed in the first period. Um, yeah, so, that's why Russ changed the lines. To start yeah, the exactly. Period. So with you know, if you can if you can have a power play that even if it goes one for four on the night, but that one gets you a goal that otherwise wouldn't have put you in the game, uh, hugely important. Um, and we talked about it last week. It won the Detroit Red Wings game. Similar thing. Um, so it, it's it's really great to see that this power play is getting going. And um, in the Ducks game, they were one for two, but it was an early power play. I think it was was that uh, was Dougie's goal in the power play, or was it Jack's mm, or I Jesper's? Was- Jesper's. Jesper yeah, had yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, actually, I forget whatever. But yeah, I don't know, know. We're, we're not here for accuracy. But uh, <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> we try our best. Um, but. <laughs> The, the the power play, yeah. It, it, let's keep it going. Um, Dougie seems to be really comfortable quarterbacking it, and Jack and Jesper really seem to be doing magic on the wings. It'll be interesting to see now what the new power play is with Bastion back in the lineup. We are anticipating um, Bastion back in the lineup against the Sharks today after Bogart released an article before the Kings game that he was nearly there. So generally when the team releases some – some uh, media like that. It's the next one or two games that that player's back in the lineup. They did something similar with Palat. Um, so, yeah, I mean, do you do you bump Tatar off that power play? No, I think Tatar's been playing pretty well there, so you got to keep him. Uh, but I do think Bastion has a rough spot on the second power play unit because Miles Woods, they've tried using him as the net. Oh, get him off. He's a turnover working. machine yeah, on that. Not working on that power play unit. And I, I, did mention that after the Hurricanes game that that second unit needed a shakeup, and I think Ruff did put Palat and Mercer on it in the Ducks. You know, to be honest with you, I wouldn't mind bumping Tatar down to that second unit to even give it some more structure, Where and then that you can put Nico in the slot, because I think Nico's practiced a lot of scoring from that slot, and you have and you have Bastion down on the bumper. I think he's great with puck control along the boards, and, and he's a big body in front of the net. I, w- I would almost see if you can put Tatar on that second one to maybe give it a little bit more skill and structure. Yeah, that's an option too, especially if you're going to stick with Palat and um, Mercer on that second line. That second actually line. has some decent options because I, I remember in the past couple of weeks, you put that second unit out there and it's just like... Uh, it's been a black know. hole, that second yeah, unit. Yeah, right? It's just yeah. like, uh, all right, well, power play's yeah. over now. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're just basically hoping they don't... Severson can help you know keep the unit from giving up a shorthanded goal, so... Um, yeah, he's that second unit needs some help, and I think Bastion will find his way on one of the units, and then that can move other pieces around. So hopefully, it gives him two better units to use here. Oh, I'm just so happy Nate's back. Oh yeah. man, Ooh, I, I love guess Nate. He's, he was really um, the driver of that BMW line. Like they've McLeod- he's the driver apparently of a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, but really, the BMW line, like Wood and McLeod, have not played the same as since Bastion came out. Well, I don't think that's fair to McLeod. I think McLeod's actually treaded water, yeah, and actually, he's had. I mean, there was a week where I gave him like third star because I thought he yeah. was playing so well, and he answered the bell with a couple fights. Um, yeah, that's true. I that's that I agree with you on that. Yeah, and um, even the Red Wings game, he had a beautiful goal. Um, yeah, from courtesy of Holtz on that one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That, we won't get into Holtz on this podcast, but I, yeah. I, the one thing I will say, and I texted to this to you offline. I think it's a little unfair that he hasn't been able to draw in the cap last couple games because yeah, I the Ducks, the Ducks game would have been a good spot for him. To fantastic get opportunity to just get him on a top six line to get him some confidence and maybe a goal or two, especially with you, you know it's that's almost like a practice game because they were like a bunch of orange cones out there. Yeah, yeah, no, he would have been able to feed. I mean, every line except the Hala Hughes line that game was uh, killing it at five on five. So 
Yeah, don't worry. Jack just had to get two by himself anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, that's the end of stat attack. Let's uh, hop into Devil's Dungeon. Um, Alex, I, I, at least for my candidate, we've touched on him a bunch, so we can you know, maybe keep this short unless you, you have a, a good candidate for us. Yeah, so um, I, I've already done Lindy Ruff in the dungeon for keeping Hala and Hughes line. I'm, I'm not going to do it again. So, but it's almost like it needs to be said again. You need to get Hala. I mean, that goal against the Kings, he was the lines had already shifted at that point. If that goal against the Kings wasn't enough evidence to put Hala, it was almost like the second shift after the line change, too. Like, it was almost immediate, and then, like, bam, goal. I think Todd tweeted about it. If you're not getting it this week, you're going back in the dungeon for it. But this week, dungeon, Miles Wood. Um, yeah, and and I think I'll I'll second that, um, because I think we've both been on the Miles needs to maybe take a night off yeah i think he should be a healthy scratch when bastion comes back i don't think ruff will do it i think he's going to try to get him going by putting bastion and miles on a line together but he's really not he's i think been the devil's worst player over this little stretch um and it's not like they have that many players that are playing poorly but he kind of stands out in the wrong way and uh yeah he's a negative war player this season wins above replacement is below value goals above replacement below replacement level he's been he's really been struggling this season so he should not the devils have depth now like his spot in the lineup should not be guaranteed um i think i'd almost i'd almost make a double switch you know i'd almost go with foot and wood out and you put bastion zetterland in and, yeah, and see what that, I think Foot's played pretty well in the two games. He there. has, he has. Yeah. It kind of stinks, but I almost feel like Zetterlin's. You know, he deserves a little bit more of a leash just because he's been up here all year. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so, and he brings yeah. a lot similar aspects that Foot brings to a game. He sat out. He's probably hungry now, um, and he brings way more offensive ability than Foot does, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, Foot has the shot, um, but like, yeah, I think Zetterlund is overall more skilled. Well, Zetterlund's got an incredible shot too, and he actually shoots the puck. Foot, Foot looks like he's scared sometimes to shoot the puck. Yeah, uh, he did have a couple chances in the Ducks game. He did. He did right. have a nice rip. Um, yeah, and then he got like hit like the side of the net barely. I think and wanted like on a, a chance in tight. So um, yeah, maybe we'll give him another game. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. But um, Ruff should definitely not um, be just. Pen- Ruff should definitely not just be locking Wood's spot into the lineup right now. He should be seriously considering his options here because they have some options. Yeah, and it's almost like Wood playing himself out of a contract, right? This is a I contract think, year for him. I think they should be. I Regardless, uh, I think the Devils should trade him before the trade deadline. I don't think they should even. I think you have, have enough to. options, right? Like, And, and, and it yeah. stinks, right? Because this is a player that's led this team in goals. Uh yeah. The 2021 and, season, yeah. Yeah, so it's um, it's tough to let go, especially someone that's been... His hip injury is, like, that's a tough injury to come back from, from, like, a player who plays this style of hockey, and be like, maybe he's still having some lingering issues there, but if that's the case, it's even more incentive to not sign him. Yeah, but the speed seems like it's still there. It just seems like the finishing's not. Yeah, that's a fair point as well. Um, yeah, I haven't really had it. Decision-making just looks off. It just it almost reminds me of young Miles Wood where, you know, you knew you were getting this burst of speed and this rambunctious player, but it was almost like, uh, you know, a deer on skates some days. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know what Ruff is going to do here when Bastion's ready to come back in the lineup, but it should be an interesting decision. I don't think it's like, oh, well, Bastion's back and Wood's staying in. I think you have to consider taking him out as well. 
Yeah, completely fair. All right, should we move on to three stars of the week? Yep. All right, let's do it. Alex, why don't you kick us off with our third star of the week? Yeah, so there's a lot of good options here for um stars. It's a great week. I love I love these weeks because there's so many like, you know, options outside of like the top guys that you can choose from. Little dark yeah, horse like, candidates. Do, yeah, like I'd love to do four stars here because like I could easily Listen, how about this? I'll give you how about this? I think um this week, and I think it's fair to say, let's do a top three excluding Jack Hughes, because I think he Jack's would have been probably, my first star for right? sure. like I think Jack's let's listen, guys, you're hearing it here. Jack has established a permanent first star he's rating. Super, yeah, he's in the superstar, superstar rating yeah. until otherwise noted. Um, yeah. But I think we're going to do – because this has been the third or fourth week in a row where he would have been would, the top star. Yeah, it was legit a month. I yeah, think so I think for today's episode, we'll do a top three without Jack. Yeah, so Jack, before you guys yell at us, Jack is in superstar category. He's above these three players. This is almost like picking the heart trophy without McDavid. Yeah, kind of a little bit like that. So, um, yeah, so let's kick it off here. So third star, I'm going to go with Jesper Boquist. Um, good to see what he did this week. Uh, he had four points, two goals, and then two assists. Um, he always plays well with Dawson Mercer. Um, you know, he's not like a high volume shooter, but when he gets good scoring chances, he does finish them. I think his shooting percentage is like around 13, 14% this season. Um, and yeah, he's just kind of look, he's, look good in like a third i guess like a pseudo third fourth line role kind of these rough is kind of alternated how he uses those bottom two lines but uh yeah bocus has played really well it's good to see from him i hope he can keep it up moving forward um but yeah he's my third star yeah i know i think uh that's a great third star um i don't know where i've jesper yet i'm still still mulling it over um but for me uh Going into this weekend, I definitely thought Severson des- deserved a third star. I think Severson's really hitting his stride now. Um, he's he's playing top four minutes and he's grinding on the power on the penalty kill. He also is on the power play too, so he is just getting minutes, just eating minutes. He had a three point game against the Ducks. I think that was his tied his career high for assists in a game. Some of the stretch passes uh, he's had have just been just so juicy and delicious. Like, I think there was the one in the Ducks game, right? Um, yeah, to Boquist. To yeah, Boquist. That, was- that stretch pass was just mm, delicious yeah. right out of the oven. He put some sauce so, on that one. Yeah, so that was, you know, and, and he catches a lot of hate on Devil's Twitter. And sure, he's got a bonehead play here and there, but... Man, he ever since Marino went down, J- Damon Severson has stepped up and answered the bell as a leader on this team. Yeah, so he's actually my second star. I was going to go with Severson as my second star. Um, and, you know, I, I remember earlier in the season, CJ was saying on Twitter how Severson's a better defenseman than John Marino. He's getting shit for it. But, like, you know, it was true. I mean, Severson is a better defenseman than John Marino. Um, and I think he's proven that since his healthy scratch was that like a month ago against the Panthers at this point. Um, he had a really good week. He had four points, I think. If uh, let me see, I got pull. Yep, Three. four points. Yeah, so he had four points this week at all strength, um, all assists um, in three games. And I think he's been their best defenseman. Yeah, even better that like Siegenthaler and uh, Hamilton have had like up and down moments. Here the last couple of weeks, I think Severson's been their best. Uh, and credit to Severson, but I, I think the caveat, Siegenthaler, Hamilton, they have been drawing the top minutes. Yeah, yeah they've sure. been drawing some tough minutes with, with – because yeah. generally it was Marino and Graves that were getting the tough minutes, yeah. and then you'd throw 
uh, Hamilton and Siegenthaler to, to clean up with the second line. But um, yeah, no, sorry. I just want to caveat that. You know, that's definitely fair. And it's true as well. So, um, but yeah, severson has been playing really, really well. Um, yeah. Like you said before that stretch pass and the ducks game to the, the Boquist was, that was some good stuff. And um, I think he, and that's like vintage Severson. Cause he's done that a couple times this season and you've seen it in his devil's career. Even when, if he's on like a back skate, he can, he just has this crazy vision. Did he even have the stretch pass? Oh, no, that was Dawson Mercer that set up um, Halla for the goal and uh, against the Kings. Oh, never mind on that. Um, but well, he even yeah. had the big goal against the Rangers too, right? Like that was yeah. we talked about that last week. That last was just podcast, awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's playing his best hockey of the season right now, and he deserves some credit for it. So yeah, he's my second star. I have a question for you after three stars about Severson. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my second star of the week is going to be Dawson Mercer. Um, I think Dawson Mercer has just been incredible. He had some highlight real goals. He's really fine in his pace. And and the motor on this kid, not to sound cliche, but the motor on this kid, he, he, gets, he gets a stick on everything. When he's forechecking along the boards, the turnovers he creates, the offense he generates, um, love that kid. I, you know, he just seems like uh, – a more talented Blake Coleman. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, yeah, I think that is, you know, like he's a, he's excuse my French, a shit disturber. Uh, you know, once he puts on a couple more pounds, like that, he's, you know, he, I think his ceilings, Brad Marchand. I really do. Um, that's, that's saying something. That is saying something. And he's not nowhere near that level yet, but I just think he's got that quality to him that Marchand has where he's just going to do whatever he can to win. Um, and, and yeah, you I mean, love Mercer's a hundred point score. I don't think Mercer will ever get to that level. But. Listen, if Mercer was on Hughes's line this entire year, I think he would definitely be on pace for at least 60, 70 points. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a bold that's a bold one, Mr. Fisherman. Listen, I'm, I'm here for bold takes, so uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you don't dominate the seas without without bold takes, so uh. <laughs> Just kidding, but no. I listen. I I know it's a, a huge thing, but it that's just in my mind. That's just who he reminds me of in his style yeah. of play. Maybe he'll never like get a hundred points. Maybe he'll never get a hundred points. But it, it just seems like that's his style of play. And maybe he's never going to lick a player and be that no, crazy. He's definitely not going to do that. Yeah. But but it's just that that style of play. Even a he's not he's as he's definitely yeah he's, he's not as feisty as Claude. But he definitely has the talent that Claude had with that little bite to his game. His his style of play, and I guess we'll say he was going to be my first star, so I might as well segue yeah, into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's my first star of the week. He had a great week, obviously, five points, the, the two goals against Carolina, setting up Paula for that goal against the Kings. Um, yeah, he was my first star of the week. And like, like going to what you were saying too, like his playing style – I guess it would remind me a little more of someone like Michael Bunting, who's like a skilled player who's like capable of putting up like 60 points or something playing like alongside Austin Matthews, but who's also really, really annoying. Just like, like, like Mercer goes to work on like four checks and is like, just like a scrappy, like blue collar kind of type of player, but he also has a fair amount of skill. Like he's not going to like, um, you're not going to see him like fighting people or anything like that. That's not really his thing, but he will annoy people with the way he plays. Cause he's just kind of like annoying to get the puck off. And he kind of like makes these plays like really, I thought I had like, you saw it in the Carolina game when he scored that goal to make it three, two, just kind of like outworked everyone in the hurricanes. Uh, and then just, he's know, got a little Nico to him. Yeah. A little bit. That's also like a, maybe like a poor man's Nico would be a good comparison too. Um, but yeah, he was my first star of the week 
fantastic week. And, uh, you know, if Hala is going to end up sliding down to the third line center role alongside Boquist and Mercer, I think that'd be pretty solid. So hopefully um, that could kind of keep Mercer going here. But uh, yeah, he had a great week. He's my first star. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think for me, uh, obviously, like all these players are, are worthy of the first star, but I'm actually going to give it to the coaching staff. Um, and the reason I'm going to give it to the coaching staff is, is this team was on the, te- on, on the brink of, of really collapsing, really on the brink of collapsing. And I don't know what was said in the locker room or what was said at practice, but this turnaround over the past weekend and a half, Yes, that has Rangers been, game changed everything. That Rangers game has changed everything, and they've they've been pushing the right buttons. I know we'll go on and on about lines, second line, third line, hollow, this, that, and the other thing, yeah. but they've pushed the right buttons to get this team back on track to 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 keep that road winning streak intact and in, in this incredible run they're on. I mean, you know, they were posting the NHL stats about how it's a record, 17 yeah. and 20, this, that, yeah. and the other thing. But, you know, I, I think we need to give some credit to this coaching staff um, because there was, there was, you know, that Rangers game, second period, I was ready to throw my phone out the window and call it a season. Well, I think um, people, the Hurricanes game, too, when they gave up shorthanded goals, I saw it in my mentions, too. People were like, I turned off the game after the second shorthanded Yeah, goal. exactly. And and I think I texted you, this is embarrassing after the Aho goal. Yeah. Um, so credit to the coaching staff because they kept the bench calm. They kept a belief in the team. And, and I think that goes with the leadership core in the team, too. But uh, I think, you know, to, to to put this streak together now, incredible. Yeah, and you know, even though Ruff is kind of starting the games with some crappy line combinations, he's making the right like this is goes into what you're saying. Like he's making the right move in game decisions when he's switching up the lines. Like Carolina even though switching Boquist McLeod Mercer was an accident on against Carolina, it worked and he stuck but with he it. But he stuck with it, right? That's yeah. the thing. Like even some of these things might be accidents, but if you can recognize something's going well and make those in-game adjustments, I don't think coaches get enough credit there. Yeah, like the Anaheim game, it didn't really matter because the Devils were, you know, kind of bulldozing the Ducks at that point. But he moved Sharon Govich up with Tatar and Hughes, and they got a goal. He switched the lines after the first period um, against the He Kansas got Blackwood sport. going. He got Blackwood yeah, going Blackwood, in an important game. Like, yeah, he played well against a good team. They gave Blackwood the better of the two teams in the, the back-to-back. He played very well. You know, first period didn't go well against the Kings. He switched the lines. In the to start the second period, they scored three goals in the second period. Um, granted, you know, quick was terrible, but still they scored the goals. So, um, yeah, that's a good one, coaching staff. And the and the other thing is is in the last point I'll make is is keeping with Nikita. Uh, Nikita's played yeah, himself really into well. that position, yeah. right? Um, I think you know. Granted, he got the goal. Great. I mean, listen, I think I think Bobchi Fisherman probably would have stopped that one, but. Um, you know, credit to him because he's he's really won that spot. He's really won that seventh defenseman spot in my eyes. Yeah, I wrote about that. I think after the Kings game, uh, that he's kind of earned the seventh defenseman role over Kevin Ball. And like, you know, when Bastion comes back and Marino too, they're going to have to make some roster moves to just get a you know to be within the roster limit. And I think Kevin Ball's probably going to get sent down to Utica because. Hachuk has outplayed him to this point. And listen, Nikita's not stepping down from anyone. He yeah, he's throwing is, his body around there. He yeah. is fear. Who was it? It was in the Kings game, and the guy was. <coughs> 
I think massive. it was Brendan Lemieux. Did he get with Brendan Lemieux? Yeah, I think it was Brendan Lemieux, and Nikita was just giving him the biggest death stare, and Miles is chirping. It's like, Miles, please. We saw what happened last time you got tangled up with Lemieux. Let Nikita take this one. Yeah, no, Nikita. And the thing is with Nikita being physical, too, I wrote about it. The King King, he's not been a defensive liability. Like, no, last year he would go for the hit and get out of position, and it would cost a, you know an odd man rush. But this year he's been very, very disciplined. Yeah, like I wrote about it in the Kings. What I wrote about him in the Kings takeaway too is like he's playing physical, but not his expected goals share is like sixty something percent. I think like sixty five around there. Granted, he's only played seven games, and Ruff is like keeping his minutes super sheltered. But yeah, he's not being a defensive liability at this point. So yeah, for me, he's the seventh defenseman as of now. I mean, maybe Kevin Ball is going to get back into a game here before then, just to kind of like give him another look but i uh, i don't think so i think rough is going to stick with a hot because he brings a physical element too and he's not he's playing a, like rough says this all the time like play a simple game i think a hot is kind of doing that right now he's he's playing a better version of brendan smith's game um yeah i and think they've so been he, a pair a little bit too like i think they kind and of listen, Brand, i know brandon makes dumb mistakes and takes dumb penalties here and there but the one thing i'll say about brandon smith is he answers the bell when called um, there's been a couple of times this year where he's dropped the gloves and held his own when a lot of devils would not have. So, you know, granted he makes mistakes, but he's been a great veteran presence in that locker room. Yeah. And even I think defensively, like Smith has been perfectly fine. as like a third pair defenseman too. Like, yeah, like you said, he's taking like the, the Fiala penalty too. I was kind of like, I mean, kind of had to take that one, but um, yeah. I mean, listen, I think it worked out. Like, listen, that's a chance. Save, yeah, so, right. Um, um, yeah. And I'd much rather have a penalty shot than a penalty, especially against the Kings. And I'm sure they yeah. probably won the so penalty. That power actually play. Ended up, that's a pretty smart penalty on his part. But yeah, um, he, he will take the dumb penalties here and more, a little more than here and there. But like, yeah, he's been fine too. So yeah, but Ahachuk, I mean, yeah, this, I'm surprised he's. I mean, even in the preseason, I thought he looked awful, like just not ready for NHL. And he's seemingly made a lot of progress in a, just a short amount of time here. Well, it seems like a lot of the people that follow Utica on Twitter have really been talking him up um, and saying he's been better than Ball. So I guess um, credit, yeah. to, credit to those that have been keeping a close eye on Utica. Yeah. So, yeah, seventh defenseman for me, I think it's pretty clear at this point. He's their seventh defenseman. Definitely, definitely. Um, all right, that's the end of three stars. I did have a, a Damon question for you. Oh, right, um, yeah. Yeah, so Damon, we've kind of touched on this before, but with the way Damon's playing now and maybe this team wanting to really consider a cup run here, does this allow you to use Nemec as a trade piece uh, if, uh, if we can get a big pit, a big fish in? I mean, it'd have to be a real big fish. I Man, I don't think they're going to trade him. Because uh, I think I don't know what's going to happen with Damon Severson. Like they're going to keep him through the trade deadline. Severson's not getting traded. But, like, no, I think gonna... that's evident now, especially with yeah. the way he's playing. You don't yeah, want to give that no up. No chance he's going anywhere before the trade deadline. I'd even guarantee. He... Unless, but that just yeah. begs the question: Is like, are we just going to have him for the, for the playoff run, and then you know, let I mean, him are walk? they going to re-sign him though? That's the yeah, thing. right. Yeah, like if they re-sign him, then like. Maybe you consider trading Nemitz, but I don't think Nemitz is not going to get traded before the deadline. That's for sure. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean they would have. I mean, to- if, if San Jose came to you and was like Timo with for Nemitz and Holtz, uh, I would definitely not give up both of them. I would give up Holtz and like a first for Timo. I'm not giving up both Holtz and uh, 
uh, Nemitz, that's that's too much for me. I, it would have to be more than Holtz in the first two. I think you'd probably have to throw another asset in there as well. How but about Pedersen? Elias Pedersen? Yeah, there's rumors mm-hmm. now that Vancouver is Man. just imploding. Yeah, Imagine Pedersen on Hughes's wing. Ooh. I would, I would give up Nemitz for Pedersen. Yeah, Pedersen's kind of filthy. I know a, he's like a center, but a first Holtz and Nemitz for Pedersen. Yeah, something like that. I think Vancouver would probably want like Yegor in there too. I don't know. I would give up a lot of things for Pedersen. Like he's pretty damn filthy. So, um, yeah, but I don't. It's gonna be interesting to see what the Devils do ahead of the trade deadline. I don't. I don't think they're going to give away like Fitz is not going to sit on his hands. If we know one no, thing, I don't think Fitz is sitting on his hands. Get someone. It might not be a big. Like, I think they might go bottom six, like a Henrik type. Yeah, it could be a, like a middle six guy, like Henrik. I, I, one guy. I don't want to spend too much time on this now because we're probably going to do a lot of trade deadline stuff on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going for it, but like Kuzmenko is another person I'd be looking at from Vancouver as well. He's kind of unique player that just kind of like camps out in front of the net and gets a lot of goals. So. And, and you also put out a great piece on the hockey writers about the Melka. Uh, yeah. yeah. I wanted to shout out that that was a great piece. So um, for, for those that listen, please check out Alex and the hockey writers. Cause he does put out some great content and probably answers a lot of the questions you guys send us. Yeah. I'm going to be doing a lot more trade stuff moving forward here since we're getting about a month and a half away from the trade deadline. And like eventually things are going to pick up, but I'm planning on writing like a trade, do something a little different this year instead of like doing big articles looking at like players i'm going to do like trade profile things because like nothing's happening right now because of the salary cap and i think it's going to still take a while for things to start moving around and there's a i think there's a couple big chips to fall before the market really takes off yeah i mean teams got to start they have to find ways to clear money to start making trades and like there's so many teams using ltir and stuff so We'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting trade deadline because of the salary cap and everyone's so tight. But that gives me more time to write about stuff here. So we start looking at like some uh, players the Devils could target here over the next week. Yeah, I'm just checking the Twitter real quick before we sign off. Yeah, um, I didn't. I checked before when we were doing um, one of the segments. I didn't really see anything new to update. Maybe the Devils don't even need a, another winger because they've got this great kid stashed away in the KHL that had There's another goal you. today. Yeah, I, I mean, that dude's that a, on fire. That was a, I mean, the goalie should have stopped it, but it was still a hell of a shot. I just like ripped a one-timer on the pass. Can't wait to, to get that kid over to North America. Yeah, his KHL contract, as far as I know, expires after this season, so it could be in North America next year. I know Shakir Mohamedouline already said he's coming to North America next season. Get them both over here. Get these Ruskies over here before they yeah. get inscripted. Um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, quick look at the week ahead. We won't touch on too much of the Sharks game because that will be happening in a couple hours so we you know for the sake of our listeners uh i think we're we're you know listen team that we should be hopefully bastion's back i think that's pretty much it right yeah hopefully um, some good line combos too <laughs> definitely definitely now let, thursday's game is real juicy uh yeah, that's a good one, of yeah. the west as many people have uh tagged the crack and they are fantastic away from their home barn uh Luckily enough, we are playing them in Seattle, so um, this should be a real fun matchup. Yeah, I think this is probably going to be the Devils' toughest road test of the season to this point. Uh, the Kraken, what, seven-game winning streak coming into today, right? Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd say, you know, playing a game in Boston or, or Hurricanes. Yeah, uh, Carolina, yeah, that's true. They haven't, they haven't played in Boston. Yet. Oh, that's true that both of them were, were at the yeah, Rock. Yeah, but um, yeah, Carolina, yeah, they did play Carolina twice on the road. So yeah, maybe the second toughest. And, uh, and uh, oh, they also played in, in Toronto. 
That's true. Yeah, they did play in Toronto. Um, Sorry, but, but I, get, I get your point. This is a tough it, road game, and this will be a fun one. one. This will be a fun Raptors one. on a seven-game winning streak. I think they were the first team in between the NBA and NHL. And like, um, to get to win a seventh. Yeah, so the, the yeah. stat was a little extra stat attack for you today. Uh, they are the first team between the NBA and NHL to win a seven-road uh, Go seven for seven on a road trip. On a road trip. Right? Now, yeah. granted, not every team has that. The Devils don't have that. So, like, yeah, exactly. it's kind of a weird stat. Kudos to them. Awesome stat. But, like, not every team actually has the opportunity to go seven for seven on a road trip. Yeah, like, I think the Devils, their current road trip, five games, I think that's their longest one of the season this year. So, like, yeah, not every team gets a seven-game road trip. But, you know, seven for seven is seven for seven. I mean, like, they did it. They're um, a good team. And it's quite the turnaround from last year. And I think it's important to note before we get into this game is that – they give up a lot of goals. They yeah, score a lot of goals, but they give up a lot of goals. So hopefully if the Devils can play Devil-style hockey, um, you know, they, they could score and just let's let's see if they can limit them. I'm kind of expecting a barn burner in that game, which it's going to be a fun game. A 10 p.m. starts the last of Devils after dark for this road trip. And we and possibly a Marino comeback. I, yeah. I wouldn't I, because you, you don't bring Marino on the road trip and not play him. Yeah, that's the thing. He could be back for that game. It depends. We'll see. Uh, the Devils are obviously not going to have a morning skate because they're playing 1 p.m. local time in San Jose. But um, see if Ruff has an update when he's – I would assume he's going to speak a couple hours before the game. Maybe he has an update on both of Probably in a half hour or so. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Kraken game. It's going to be fun. Uh, cr- the crowd at the um, Climate Pledge Arena looks always looks like a good time. So and they got Bowie. I'm like you, Matty Berniers, who's probably going to win the Calder this year. Yeah, he should be the Calder front runner at this point for sure. He's going to be a star at some point. And Um, an old friend in Adam Larson, right? Adam Larson. Um, You know the 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 Kraken have some good offensive players. I mean, Jared McCann's got a 20 goals, I think already. Uh, Everly's always old and reliable. Yeah, like they don't have any star players. They just got like some solid depth. Berniers is going to be a star. He's not there yet, but he's going to be he's going to be a star. Yeah, but they just got like solid players all over the lineup. Like Burakovsky's had an up and down season, but he's still a good, decent player. Uh, Yanni Gord, Everly, those guys, they're good players. So, Tough team to play against. Yeah, so it should be fun. Uh, the Devils are going to – it's a little bit like the Kings. Um, you know, the the Kraken don't have good goaltending. So, like, that's an opportunity for the Devils to take advantage, whether it's Martin Jones or Philip Grubauer. It doesn't really matter. Uh, the, the, like you said, you know, the Kraken give up goals. So. It's funny you mention that because Martin Jones has had somewhat of a resurgence this year. It's been more Grubauer that's continued to stink a little bit. And um, I know Martin Martin Jones definitely has his 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 lays his eggs. I don't don't get me wrong, but he's actually had a decent season this year. Yeah, he's all right. Um, at least compared to compared Gubai, to I previous know. seasons, or I mean, where yeah. we thought his career was over in San Jose. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It should be a fun game. Um, I guess the Kraken are one of the best teams in the Western Conference, so good test for the Devils. Yeah, I mean the Devils have been running through the West, so let's let's yeah, keep the good times coming. Because yeah, that conference is compared to the East. Because next week is not pretty, Alex. Next week we have uh, the gauntlet. This is this is similar to the end of December. Uh, you got Pittsburgh, Vegas, the Predators, who have seemed to figure it out, and uh, Dallas Stars. So uh, let's you know if we can go into that Penguins game riding a six-game winning streak, that would be huge. Yeah, so the, the Penguins Penguins have, are... Penguins have been down too. Yeah, they're reeling right now. I'm a, you know, just from an objective standpoint here, I, I'm a little concerned about from the Penguins. It's like, kind of looks like this might be it for them, but they still have top end talent. So you can never, you, 
you never know they can always turn they're going to be battling for that last wild card spot yeah right now it doesn't look like they're going to be in the race for a top three spot in the metro i think the devils and the rangers have kind of put a decent amount of space between them right now but that's a team you don't want to see in the first round right like if you're boston or us or the hurricanes is like the last team you want to see yeah i would have said that in years past but it feels a little different with like this penguins team like they obviously crosby and malkin are still playing at top levels but like their defense is not what it used to be and their depth and their bottom six is not very good anymore tristan jari is good he's kind of kind of kept them up casey dismissed a, a decent backup too, yeah he's I a think. decent backup too so but yeah i don't i know what you're saying alex players. i know what you're saying but i just just something about Sidney crosby lining up against you uh in, until otherwise uh you know yeah, that I mean, scares the me fared, fared, devils fared well against what well, they played each other once right that was the only time in pittsburgh this season Right. No, that's true. They 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 beat them and they they played well and that was a, a big win for them to snap yeah, the, the, that penalty game, right? Yeah, penalties, but like for some reason, Malkin loves playing the Devils. He always seems to light us up. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. So, like, we we, we, we can get in that next Monday pod. Though. Day, so yeah, I'll be in attendance. So come say hi. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that being said, I think that's a wrap. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I think that covers it for the last week. All right, yeah, uh, recording notes. We will be recording next Monday because uh, I will be at the game on Sunday. Um, so expect a pod Monday after work. Uh, with that being said, that's a wrap on episode 16. Let's go, Devils. <laughs>